Willie on the beat. Welcome to the first episode of Million Dollar Convos. I'm your host, Vianney, part of the Hostel of JA team. We have Jason and we have Dennis. And we also have a very special guest with us here, right? One of the youngest chartered accountants in Jamaica's history, a family man and a true believer in Christ, Mr. Bruce Scott. Welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Now, Bruce, um, for all those who don't know who you are, right, as an individual, why don't you give us an idea of who exactly Bruce Scott is, right? I was going to say the girl and sugar. Anyway, no, no, no. I'm a one burner. I'm one burner. One burner. And not one burner at the time. It's one burner on the stove. One burner. Okay. So I am, you know, I am who I am. Married for the last almost 20 years. I am a professional accountant. I work at a big four accounting firm where I'm a practice leader. I have other leadership roles. Um, PwC, I, well, I, I try not to call the brand because that might put me under pressure to behave a certain way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> not that okay. I'm going to behave on okay. PwC. Oh, oh, there you go again. But okay. work editing magic. I, I just. It's better to just be me rather than... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You're going to be yourself, right? Yeah. Um, got saved when I was 14. And got saved there, meaning became a Christian. Good, right. good Christian. Not no half-baked Christian. Um, very active in my community. Um, was president of the National Association of Accountants. That's not what we call it. I'm only saying that for persons who are not familiar with the profession. That's right. the Institute of the Accountants of Jamaica and... Um, one of the leaders in my church, I tell a preacher, a motivational speaker, and just love to help young people. That's why right. I'm this anytime. Right. And I really appreciate that. Now, as you said before in the introduction, you were one of the youngest ever chartered accountants in Jamaica's history. What was Bruce Scott's life like, his social life like at 21 years old? Well, leading up to 21 because I would have been studying from like 18. Uh, my social life was not geeky, as some people might think. Right. Um, it, you know, people think I'm this nerd. I tell them I used to play football for JC, and they don't <laughs> believe me at all. But, but really? Which position I used to general. play? I used a general, man. I had number 10, Colts. Really? 5 KC, JC, National Stadium. Wow. Um, so I had a life, and I was a Christian at that time. Yeah. Um, but because I became a Christian, I wasn't the partying type. You wouldn't catch me two o'clock, you know, on the road. But I, I, I went to crusades, street meetings on a Sunday evening. I was at church on a Friday night. But when it came on to certain critical times for exam preparation, I would lock down, right? And that was just a routine. So I didn't, I gave up a lot. Let, let, let me not say, my philosophy is, and I say to my sons, three sons, two are at JC, view your studies like CSEC is up now. The next two months, just forget the world. You'll have the world for yourself. So I applied a lot to that, but it wasn't total, no, no, no fun. Less fun, 
more focus on my studies. When I finished studying, then I went back to normal. So I gave up a lot. Right. Right. So as, as a youth back then, right, um, I don't know your experience as it relates to the popularity of financial education, but what I can say now is that nowadays, our society, in the current state of affairs, we have seen, from our perspective, an increase in popularity in the necessity of financial education and financial independence. What do you think attributed to the insurgents and why is it so important? Well, I think a lot of, and you're not necessarily referring to young people, right? You're referring to just individuals in general, right? Right. I'll, yeah, I'll make a general, right? Yeah. You know what? I believe a lot of persons have come to realize that when they look at their parents and they look at some of the struggles, this is just one perspective. They've made the decision that they will not find themselves struggling. Like in my case, I grew up in Southside, low, e low income community. And I made a decision that I would not struggle in the same way as my parents. And I took it up on myself to right. become financially independent. So that forced me to pick a career that could generate income and I learned about money management, right? So for me, right. one of the things is that some people just want to give their parents and themselves a better existence than when they were growing up. Um, that, that's probably just one simple way to put it. And that was my personal inspiration, actually. Right. So as I said before, you know, um, the increase in popularity, you know, with the increase in popularity, then the supply would increase, you know, naturally. So in a world where information is limitless, right? As you claimed before, financial independent, the financial independent wave is hitting our shores, right? How important is factual advice and due diligence, right? When information is so easily accessible and manipulated. Yeah, extremely important. Um, one of the first things that, anybody will learn if they take an accounting course is one of the reasons why financial statements or financial information is so important is because right. people use those, that information to make decisions. You know, right. you will make a decision as to whether you will put your hard earned money on a particular stock or whether you put it on a particular bond. Right. So with the preponderance of information and the popularity and rise of fake news, Everybody right. has a responsibility to do at least three or maybe four things before they, they trust the information. One, is the entity that's publishing the information regulated? Right. Or you could even ask the question, is this entity supposed to be regulated based on laws? So if they take people's money, that's a deposit taking, they have to be regulated. If they're in the insurance space, if they're a broker dealer, some things, they check for regulation. If they're not regulated, do not trust that information. Right. If a company is offering you the opportunity to invest in their business, even if it's a small business, try and get some independent report from an accountant or an auditor to give you that trust factor. Number three, a company is as good as the leaders. So you need to do a search. And if you have the money, you can do what is called an adverse search, which is a website that goes through very quickly and can tell you anything that's negative reputational wise about any of the principles. Those characters, if they're bad, will filter through in the information for that company. It's likely to be misleading. And number four, check for well-known names. If, if somebody said, I'm going to get a BMW versus a, another kind of car that is not so well-known, you're probably going to say right. BMW. Why? Because it's well-known. It has a proven track record. So if you hear Bloomberg give a pronouncement on a certain thing, it's more likely to be trusted than 
Loom Lark. <laughs> need more due diligence, right? I know I've been answering this for a long time. But number five, probably, I think, once we've learned the basics of what it means to understand financial information, that can become an, a, a, a red flag when we hear stuff that don't make sense. If it's a set of accounts, balance sheet prepared as at the 31st of April, April only have 30 months, so 30 days. So, you know, just little things can help you to become independent. So I gave you quite a bit there. Big, big, important topic of trust. Right. right. So, you know, as a lot of us listening to this um, podcast right now, or even the video, watching the video right now, some of us are, haven't taken the first steps to becoming an investor or be grounded in financial um, independence education. Right. So what are some of the first steps that we can take, right, as youth or even elderly, right, to try and, and, and ground ourselves with that, um, with that knowledge to then um, apply to the real world? Yeah, I would say, Jason, Yanni, it starts with kind of what I said at the start, an awareness that money right. is important. This call that we're having via Zoom right now, if I didn't pay my YouTube, my, my, cable, my internet bill, I would not be talking to you. Yeah. So perfectly <laughs> understand that right. the, he who pays saves, right? So yeah. right. people need to understand that when you get to a certain stage of your life, you're going to want to have to support your children, to get good education. Like in my right. case, I wanted my mother to have a certain kind of quality of life. And that inspired me. So, so the first thing is a passion that I need to be financially independent. So I'm not debt-free. My blood pressure is not going up. If I have a major surgery, I don't have to be. Nothing is wrong with asking for help. So that's where it starts. Once you have that awareness that money is important and I need to be financially free, then it gets into how do I get this knowledge? One book that I'd recommend is Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. It will plant the seed that you don't need to have. Do not depend on a nine-to-five as your only source of income if there's nothing else in that book it is a very powerful message develop multiple streams of income and it's okay to work for somebody in the early years because it gives you an opportunity to see your businesses work and with the right permission and disclosure you can have other things on the side that don't conflict with your employer's business so that's the first thing understand that you don't need to be an employee all the days of your life and secondly when you get a book like that Get other general books on money management. Um, Lee Jenkins on money is a good book. Susie Orman's Road to Wealth is a good book. And those books will give you the general, I'm going to give you quick, some quick points, general framework for money management. Everybody needs to understand, number one, the time value of money. When you put money to work and, the comp- and it compounds, it will grow at a rate exponentially that will blow your mind. So start early. Right. Start early. That's, that's the time value of money. Number two, Understand the importance of goal setting. There will be some big things that you will need in this life. Set some short-term financial goals, some long-term financial goals. After you've done that, learn how to budget. Budget with the objective of saving. So when you have $100, budget in such a way that you find yourself saving at least $10. Take the $10 and work the saving. That's where you get into investment. The basics of investment. What can I do to work this money to get me to my objective? I want to go to a big school to do a master's. The cost is uh, 50,000 US. I'm four years away. 
how much do I need to be saving today to get to my $50,000? I need to be saving X. Make sure your budget can absorb the X. And it will take right. some work. Understand how credit works. Understand the difference between add-on interest versus reducing right. balance. Understand right. the implications of only paying the minimum balance on your credit card. Understand the significance of your credit scores. Understand the importance of protecting what you've earned. Life right. insurance, health insurance, property insurance. Those basics. Learn them armed with the passion that money is important. You need multiple streams of income. If you have that, you will be financially free. Trust me. But a lot of people don't have that awareness. All of what I rattle off, some people right. have never been told it in this passionate way that I'm coming across right now. <laughs> right. And even right. so, right now, listen, listening, listening to you right now, even as a beginner, listening to you say all of those things, right, that encompass, that encompasses financial education, right? That, as a beginner for me, for me, that would be, that would be very, um, let's say, it, it, it would be a lot, right? To process what would be the, the basic steps. How do I decomplexify this, this, this really complex system, right? To make it really work for me. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. the baby steps. So, the, the baby steps would be, number one, learn to live within your means. This might sound very basic. And right. the way how that happens is to learn the simple process of developing, a, I don't want to call it a budget, a spending plan. So all right. that means is some basic things. So if, I, if my mother give me 30000 a month, don't just see it as $30,000. Say to yourself, of the thirty, can I save at least $3,000? And then the twenty-seven, I'm going to spend it in a way that allows me to save the thirty, and I can enjoy myself a little bit. Right. So the, so the first thing is, I need to learn how to spend in such a way that I'm saving at the same time. Number two, I have to have savings to invest so the money can work, so I can get to basic goals. That is the minimum. Minimum, don't spend off all the money that you get. Find a way to live so you can save some. Take what you save, invest it towards big goals that you have, medium and short. That's the basic. The other stuff you can get later, like credit scores and all of that stuff. But make sure that whatever you're doing, you save some. You can do anything to save. You have nothing to invest. One on one. Understandable. All right. So, right. Mr. Scott, I heard you um, mentioned earlier about debt, you know, and credit. So, for the viewers listening, right, what's your view on good debt and bad debt? Is there anything <laughs> such as good debt? See, the man I use up the jargon then, man. Excellent. So, good debt is one that will help you to accomplish a goal that will more than likely cause you to earn more in the future or help you to earn in the present. So if you take out that debt right. to purchase a car and you're going to use that car as a salesman for a sales job, that's good debt because the debt is helping you to generate income for a good cause. If you take out debt to go to school, that's good debt because the education is going to help you to earn. Some people call it strategic debt. Bad debt, and we're not talking about write-off now for those who are listening. Bad debt, in quotes, um, is where, <laughs> where you borrow the money to buy pretty clothes and you wear the right. clothes and it's all in the past 
but that pretty clothes is not doing anything for you in the present. Like, oh, you could use the card to help right. you to right. get sales commission. It's not appreciating as an asset. It's not. Correct. So, so, so bad debt is one where it's not, you've said it well, Robert Kiyosaki, be proud of you. It's, it's not one that is allowing you to improve your, in, your income stream. It's something right. that is like, you know, like jewelry, um, expensive dinners, charging that on your credit card, your belt's long time, but you're still paying 40% interest. It's not helping you going forward. So that is not bad necessarily, but it has to be strategic. Good point. Okay, and what I wanted to ask you as well, Mr. Scott, um, you mentioned earlier that um, the importance of financial um, literacy and education. Now, are there any platforms that you would use or you'd recommend to individuals out there that they could use to basically delve into this topic of financial education? Yeah, good point. Obviously, the, the whole big bad world of YouTube, but to save Carson some time, Florida International University, I hope I'm not mixing up the name, or Florida, I think it's, it's a university in Florida. Um, they have a, <laughs> wow, that's very helpful, right? I'm going to narrow it down. I'm going to narrow it down. They have a course on, help me the pronunciation here, Coursera, right? Yeah, Coursera. Yeah. You can sign up for the course. You can audit the course. You don't have to pay. And it's all there. Right. Amazing. Great. I thank God for them. It's like nine hours in total. You can attack the topics based on your own pace. They go through the basics. They go through, and it's enough for the average person to absorb at their own pace. To me, that would be an excellent source. Free. The guy that lectures really good, Dr. Gunter or whatever his name is, G, is pretty good. Um, there are other books that's out there. Um, I wouldn't say um, Warren Buffett refers this book. I, I quoted it earlier. Um, intelligent. intelligent Investor. That one is more focusing on investing and buying stock based on their intrinsic value and so on. But that, that's probably for the more advanced. Um, that, would, that, that, that particular course on Coursera that is free, I would say it's a very good basic start. There's a book by Lee Jenkins. It's called Lee Jenkins on Money. Extremely good book. Mm -hmm. It's in a question and answer format. Um, it has really good stuff like practical. If you're married, should you have your own a bank account to perform your, your wife? You know, stuff like that. It's, it's very it's important. That's, that's very important. <laughs> yeah. we, so, as, we as Jamaican men, you know, yeah. that's a very sensitive topic. You get me? So <laughs> in, he, he attacks those types of things in a question and answer. Right. So that's a very good book. Susie Ormond's Road to Wealth is pretty good too. Big fat book. Just select what you want to read. I would say those are some quick ones. Right. So, um, sorry, as, as it relates to investing, um, especially in the JSE, um, do you have any experience or any advice to individuals that would like to delve into that, into that um, venture? All right. So let me declare that I am the FSC. I'm not giving investment advice here. I don't want to get in trouble with regulators. Quickly um, for entertainment purposes. But yeah, <laughs> what I what I say about stocks in general is it 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 first thing with any kind of investing it depends on your risk appetite. All I mean by that is your appetite for accepting the possibilities that you might lose some of what you put in there. So everybody needs to understand that about the stock market. The general rule is that if you're young 
and young definition of young is technical, but I would say if you're less than maybe forty or you're whatever whatever young is, you you can probably afford to put more of your money on something like the stock market because if you were to lose much of it, the argument is that you have age on your side. If you're older, whatever that means, you might want to approach the stock market with a smaller percentage <laughs> of your your portfolio because you're approaching retirement and you know you probably can't take right. as much risk so it really comes down to your risk appetite the younger you are you might want to be more aggressive with your percentage invested there the older you are you want to be less aggressive but it's a really good source um weak time right. chance maker those ipos for those who you know went in and so on future prospect is good don't watch daily movements of the market you have to stay for the long haul all those wonderful tips there yeah Awesome. So, so as, as young professionals, individuals going through life, we want to achieve the macro goals through micro windows in time, right? How important, how important is patience when trying to achieve financial education as a macro goal? It is probably the foundation of achieving wealth. If you talk to anybody who has accumulated wealth, they will tell you that it's, it's all about time. So, so that's what I said at the start. Anybody who wants to improve their financial education needs to learn first about the time value of money and the power of compounding. It's going to take time. And so what I say to young persons, now is it's time to start saving. doesn't matter how small. Set aside a certain amount of money for the next 25, 30 years, you'd be amazed at how fast it grows. That is the foundation. If you're talking about real estate, and this, I know I'm online, so I can give this story. I'm not showing off on anyone. I bought a piece of land for like $2 million and over like uh, maybe eight years, it tripled. What, what else right. could do that? Triple. But it took right. eight to 10 years to do that, right? Um, so be careful of get-rich-quick schemes. Those things don't accord with reality. They give you the, the, the feeling that you can get this massive return very fast. Not many things can do that. And so that's why many of those things, almost all of them crash. So it takes time. So if you're young, like Yanni and Jason and other colleagues on the call, now is time to move. Start saving. Set your goals. You have time on your side. Time is on your side. Time is on your side. It's all about time value of money. Right. So finally, rack me up with this question. You know, um, looking back at your life, all the achievements to date, you understand? You've been afforded a wonderful life, right? Um, what would current Bruce Scott say to 21-year-old Bruce Scott as a necessary piece of wisdom? The current Bruce Scott, hey Bruce right. Scott, <laughs> will say to the 21-year-old Bruce Scott, right. thank the Lord for giving me the wisdom and the uh, awareness of what I wanted to do when I was 14, 15 years old. Right. I would go back to Bruce Scott and say, don't, don't change that. I'm not really answering the question in the way that you asked me, but I indirectly what I'm saying, young persons, the Bible said, if a man find a land that is valuable with pearl, go sell all you have and buy it. The, the, the value of that land will increase. So whatever you need to do, go interview people, talk to people, research, find out what it is that my gifts and talents are and where can I challenge that. Challenge that. So because I knew that early, 
it made my planning very easy. I calculated that I'm going to go to a big four firm. I'm going to study ACCA directly. A lot of young persons, unfortunately, they don't know what they want to do. And that slows them down. And they don't end up with their passion. And, and it just is a problem. So just seek advice, seek counsel. Try and find out what you are here for and pursue that with passion. It sounds like a cliche, but it is a real thing. And I was able right. to do that from I was 14, 15. Right. So, you know, in wrapping up, um, a lot of future accountants are watching this right now. You know, future 21-year-old prodigies who want to be accountants <laughs> or want to be accountants, right? What exactly would you say to them as a piece of motivation and advice to help them progress or help them find that goal or that passion? You understand? Okay. In this so right. the, first, the first thing is to have an awareness that um, there, there should be something that makes you angry and there should be something that makes you hungry. So if you're 21 and you're listening to me, so, in, so whatever that, it kind of comes back to the point that I made earlier about trying to figure out what it is you're, you're here for. So in my case, I wanted financial freedom. I did not want to have to go to Spanish town market on a Saturday with my grandmother to unload the dress in the market. And nothing was wrong with that. So I was angry and passionate about changing that. Then right. I said to myself, what skills do I need? What education do I need to give me that higher income? That was accounting. So I had an obsessive desire to change my current situation. And then I was right. obsessive about finding the vehicle, which was education. With right. that obsessive desire, those two twin things, it right. made everything else easy. If right. obstacles came in the way, it didn't matter because my obsessive desire was so powerful that I steamroll anything that came in the way. And right. the last thing is visualization. Young person right. listening to me, whatever you say you want to be, whether career-wise, you have to see yourself doing that thing every single day. I used to write ACCA behind my name before I qualified. Not on legal documents, but just as a way to motivate myself. I used to draw skyscrapers with man walking with briefcase, pretending like I was an accountant heading into the high-rise building. Yeah. I used to, I'm serious, I used to look at the top of the building where I work before I got the job when I was waiting for them to call me and visualize myself working. So visualization and a burning desire about what your research tells you that you want to pursue will land you wherever you want. I may not ask you, may I tell you. That's right. the thing said. It's a law. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So, Mr. Scott, thank you again for imparting such great wisdom onto us right now. Um, and the audience, you know, just greatly appreciated, right? I don't want to take up any more of your time because I know your time is very valuable, right? No uh, so, again, thank you very much. And for the audience listening, tune in next time. All right? Yeah. Take care. Thanks, guys. And look, I'm saying now the foundation of all of this is that trust in God and just you do your part and trust God for the rest, right? We have a responsibility. What you can't control, you send out the hand of faith and God will take you through. Don't do it by yourself. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Mr. Scott. Take care. All right, guys. Uh -huh.